John O'Reilly here, and welcome to the Maverick Musician Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about what some are calling the age of voice. There is an audience for every one of us. And in this particular podcast, we'll be talking about a lot of different things, but the focus will be on online music education. So without any further ado, let's get down to this. Unless you really have been living under a rock or without any internet service. You know, the emergence of online education is without a doubt taking hold in a big way. Now, I think this is just the beginning of what I believe is a total shift in the way we all as educators will be operating. Now, at least in part in the not too distant future. You know, with the rising cost of travel, be it gas, tolls, parking, or just public transportation, everything is changing the way we learn and in the way we teach others, especially with the advent of smartphone technology and tablets. Now, of course, the good news is that it's pretty early in the online music education game here. You can still stake your claim to the future of this emerging movement. Now, the focus of this podcast, like I mentioned, is online music education, but it can also be applied to just about any other field of education that you can you know, think of. You know, are you, you know, do you have that burning desire for education? You know, what form do you teach in? What do you have to share with the teaching world? That passion for your particular subject is crucial in finding success in your chosen field. Without that fire in your belly, the temptation to give up just becomes a lot easier than you might think and self-doubt is the killer of all of your dreams. I read a fantastic quote just the other day. Here we go. The biggest mistake you can make is to continually fear that you will make one. Uh, think about that. The biggest mistake you can make is to continually fear that you will make one. Now, that's a pretty great quote. And one of the things that fear cannot destroy is passion. But passion without direction usually leads to disappointment. And on a personal level from my past, I know this all too well. And I'm sure as many of you other musicians out there who are listening to my voice can relate to. But as professional musicians, we all have to learn how to live with a high degree of uncertainty in our business. And the cost can be higher than most are willing to pay. But don't let that ever stop you. Like hockey great... Wayne Gretzky once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And sometimes you just never know when or where this passion will show up. For me, it was by total accident and literally right under my nose. Well, in my basement anyway. While clearing yet another space for another set of drums, I found a box containing some of my former drum teacher's lessons. For me, this was the very beginning of my tipping point. His name was Stanley Spector, and he founded the Stanley Spector School of Drumming in 1958. And Stanley was the first drum teacher to introduce a home study course on jazz drumming to the public. 
At first, it was just his book, Lessons in Improvisation, which also came with a long playing record, an LP for short, for you youngsters out there. But then he continued his lessons on to reel-to-reel -reel tape, and then by the late 60s, early 70s, he moved them over to cassettes. He also taught privately in a studio in New York City until his passing in 1987, at the tender age of 61. And after going through the old lessons in my basement, I found the phone number to the school, and I decided on a whim just to call that number. After a few rings, I started to hang up, and just then it was answered by Stanley's widow, Astrid, who was still at that same phone number. And so began our correspondence. Eventually, I was given the honor and responsibility of archiving all of Stanley's home study lessons that were on cassettes over into digital format. There are over 164 weekly lessons transferred at this time. That's three years of online lessons so far. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was well worth it. And they were all taught and recorded by Stanley himself and sent around the world to his many students. And as I listened to each lesson that I was archiving, I became completely stunned at the content and method of his approach. It was pure genius, detailed and methodical. And I was at a real crossroads. This deserved more than just archiving. This had to be heard by drummers everywhere. Luckily, Astrid felt the same and gave me her blessings and consent to reintroduce Stanley's teachings once again. She told me, she thought that Stanley would be honored. So the Stanley Spectre School of Drumming has reopened online in a 24-7 version, and I've been able to fulfill my mission. His lessons are preserved and being consumed by drummers worldwide to this very day. Then the biggest picture became really clear, a call to action for all students to seek out the teachers who have had a positive impact on them and to have that teacher's life's work preserved for the future of drumming. And for that matter, any instrument, whether it be guitar, piano, bass, vocals, even tap dancing, it doesn't matter which. And on a sad note, recently, another great drumming icon, a teacher, Sam Ulano, recently passed away this January of 2014. I never got to really study ever with Sam, but I heard so many great things about him and wonderful stories from his students. And it's a shame if no one picks up the mantle to really archive Sam's lessons. Now, I know he wrote thousands of little books, and I know that there's a ton of material that's probably still in his apartment. But if some student, one of his former students, can really do something to, uh, to in, make sure that this man's life's work endures for the future, I really think it's that important. So whoever you are, if you're listening, Please think about that. And uh, it's a lot of work, but it's very fulfilling. It'll make, it'll make you feel great to know that you've had some kind of impact on helping preserve a, a great teacher's life's work. Anyway, enough about my rant with that. <laughs> and I know it won't matter to many musicians, but to the few who get it, I really think this is your calling. And like Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And by now, as you can see, I have my next mission, and I invite you to join me in doing the same, to sit down with your teachers and explain this emerging movement to them. And let's talk a little bit here about YouTube, which is like the biggest boom and the biggest threat, in my opinion, 
to the online and offline music teaching community. Why you're going to ask? Well, let me explain this. I've been in a real unique position, and I have toured the United States now and Canada every single year for over the last decade with a headlining Grammy-nominated multi-platinum <laughs> arena act, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I'm in the West Coast band, to be exact. And I've always made it a point to visit during the tour, on um, whatever days off I have, whatever music store or drum shop, be a big chain store or a little mom-and-pop store in my travels. I would always make it a point to speak to the salesperson behind the counter and not really the manager or store owner as they tend to be a little more truthful about how things really are. The salespeople, that is. In the last few years, I've been asking what the biggest selling educational book or DVD they have. What is it? And the answer was without a doubt and without hesitation. They just said, man, YouTube. Now that's store after store, salesperson after salesperson, and the answer was always the same. I'd ask them, how do these companies, how do these publishing companies make any money if they're not selling enough product? And not a single salesperson had an answer for me. In fact, they all admitted to using YouTube at least once for free lessons. So why bother to buy a DVD when it's right there for free? And once I was home, I began to do my research. Clearly, the large publishing companies are not about to go belly up, that's for sure. But I definitely feel that they're going to need to change the way they're currently doing business in the next few years. Record labels didn't see this change coming in technology and paid dearly for it with their bottom line. And that's never going to go back to the way it was. They've lost control of the inmates, basically. And DVDs will be history when all content is streamed onto portable devices, in other words, smartphones and tablets. And if you don't think so, just look at iTunes and tell me that I'm wrong. So let's talk more about YouTube. Like I said, it's a blessing and a curse rolled into an ever-expanding empire that's not going to go away. It's the second largest search engine in the world next to Google, which is the number one search engine and just so happens to own YouTube. Hmm... <laughs> and with very little effort, I've been able to slap together a YouTube channel, make it private, and load it with as many instructional videos I can grab by anybody who has one on YouTube. And I'm talking about all the major players, publishing companies, and teachers who have DVDs and instructional books languishing on display at the local music store or drum shop. I've even seen one drum teacher on YouTube with as many as 37 full video lessons on his channel. And this guy is trying to get students to enroll at his drum studio in person to study with him there. He's giving away the farm for free. And why? Joe Polish, one of my mentors, had a great quote. If they don't pay, they don't pay attention. <laughs> and it comes down to this. How much free content or lessons should you have available on YouTube or any video site for that matter? I think it's pretty obvious that if you have too many free lessons, why would anyone want to pay you for them? Now, don't get me wrong. I've done what is called in online marketing, moving the free line. But when is it too much? When does it do more harm than good? Are you losing potential students or customers and gaining internet lesson vampires? Trust me, they're out there and they won't pay a thin dime. But then again, why should they? After all, you've clearly exposed your jugular for the bite. But if you're going to persist in putting up more video lessons, at least get something in return. In other words, their email address. It's what I like to refer to as a transference of value. 
give me your email address and I'll send you more cool stuff for free once you've subscribed. And I don't think I need to say this, but I will anyway. Never ever spam them. Ever. If you're lucky enough to get their trust, don't abuse it. In every online business, the life's blood is customer contact and customer support after the sale. Without having that initial client contact, their email address, or their mobile phone number, you have no business. So, how do you get that initial contact? I can tell you this, it doesn't happen by chance. First off, you should clear out some of the video lessons from your YouTube channel. There's no need for too much free public content because this is what you will give them once they subscribe to your website or blog by opting into it, not your YouTube channel. Keep all publicly posted video lessons short, two to four minutes maximum, because these are what you will use as teaser content to get your future student or client to subscribe. Then you move the free line by giving them the longer video lessons, thereby controlling the entire process. By giving them tremendous value in exchange for their contact information, you continue to build trust. And once they really trust you, they'll become loyal customers, and hopefully for the life of your business. Starting an online teaching practice, as with any online business, has a set of steps that cannot be avoided. And if you miss one of them, any one of them, you could wind up scratching your head wondering, why I can't make any money at this? Why can't I make a dollar and a cent? And you're not alone. More than 90% of the teaching sites or band sites, musician sites that I've visited have gotten this one thing wrong. And I'm talking about peers of mine, people who I know personally, who have just not been able to figure this out yet. There's no clearly defined method of capturing an email address or mobile phone number. And believe me, I'm not talking about some little box that's tucked up in a corner on your site that says, sign up for our newsletter or updates or even worse the dreaded contact you need to tell them exactly what they're going to get when they give you their email address or their mobile phone number remember it has to be of greater value than that which they have given you that's that's worth repeating again whatever you give them has to be of greater value than that which they have given you and uh, maybe it's a three-part video lesson series. You know, maybe the ones you removed from YouTube, <laughs> those full lessons, or something that can't be found anywhere else except on your site after they opt in. When they give you their email address, you must be able to instantly deliver the content to their email inbox with a properly set up autoresponder that's working around the clock, building your list of potential clients or customers or students. This is the life's blood of your business. Without this one very important step, all you will have is what's called in online marketing is the dreaded internet billboard. <laughs> and then we can all take some aspirin and go to sleep. The emerging movement, it isn't coming, it's here. Are you trading your time and energy for money instead of getting paid for your knowledge and experience? Now really think about this for a while because the answer will affect your teaching practice or just about anything else you do in the future. Time and energy, once spent, it never comes back. Definitely not your time. However, your knowledge and experience are once documented and recorded can last forever. Stanley Spector knew it, and by the end of this, you will too. Or maybe you already know.
but are not convinced of its impact on what you do as a private teacher. See, I'm convinced that it can have an impact on your teaching practice if you start to lay the groundwork now. Have you ever taken a look at Berkeley's online school? It can be intimidating, but you can model your own online version of it to get your foot in the door of this great emerging movement. With this kind of model, the teacher-student interaction makes all the difference when teaching online. Record your lessons, audio or video. Include downloadable written instructions. If the lessons are weekly, give the student one week to prepare for the exam. And by that, I mean a student follows the written instructions to prepare a recording of themselves performing the lesson, which will be sent back to you via a private channel on YouTube or an audio file sent via email. Questions regarding the lesson should be stated at the end of their examination performance. And if you already have a teaching practice, you can ask one of your top students to participate in the recording of your lessons. If you can't afford to pay someone, then offer free lessons for their assistance. My guess is that they will jump at the chance to be a part of it. As I've said before, the teacher-student interaction is very important with this platform. Stanley Spector knew that back in the 1960s. By recording himself teaching a student live in his studio, he was able to capture that interaction and thereby subtly create empathy from the home study student who was listening to the lesson. Part of Stanley's brilliance was in his belief that one of the core foundations of playing the drum set was learning the skill of problem solving. Sometimes the student in his studio figured out the problem right there. Sometimes they didn't and would take the, take the work home to be able to finish it. And by teaching and recording your student in the same way, you will capture that interaction, thereby making the experience of learning more visceral and real. And there is a slight hint of voyeurism as well. They won't feel all alone when they get stuck on a problem. Your lessons don't have to be slick productions, but they can't be crappy either. As a matter of fact, Stanley's lessons were all recorded on audio tape with just about every kind of background noise possible. Fire engines, sirens, car horns, honking, dogs barking, people yelling in the distance. There was one student he was teaching who complained about the noise uh, and that it was hard to concentrate on the lesson. Stanley reminded him that learning how to concentrate in an ever-changing environment was part of what he also taught. It was more than just drum lessons with Stanley. And creating this kind of teaching platform is not difficult, but it does require planning and having a knowledgeable source on how this is all put together and how it can be done seamlessly. A fully optimized sales funnel will make your teaching practice successful, period. I know this because, well, it's what I do besides being a professional musician entrepreneur. And I currently operate, well, as of, as of this podcast, three different online schools. The Stanley Spector School of Drumming, of course, Maverick Musician, Maverick Business Academy, as well as a business consulting practice that teaches my clients on how to better engage their audience by offering them the highest possible value through the use of cutting-edge technology. And I'm trying to also get the uh, an online magazine on the Apple newsstand done, dedicated to the entrepreneurial musician. You guessed it. <laughs> I try to stay busy, all right. And this is John O'Reilly, and I'm going to sign off now. Thanks for coming by, and I'll catch you on the next podcast of Maverick Musician.
Woke up this morning, I was feeling kind of me Stumbled to the kitchen for a pot of caffeine Get caffeine in my cup, caffeine in my vein Help me get up to start the day again Keep on 